Good morning, everybody. Today, Mazat Hashem will be learning Das Tzai Zayin in Maseches Babakama. We'll begin at the very top, the first word of Tzai Zayin. We'll try a revolutionary new, uh, new format, Andrew. Hopefully, this, this might take. This might take for the whole, you know, maybe other people will copy us. We're going to try to do a, a daf a day. Okay, so here we go. We I don't know. We have to think of a good name for it. It's something like with a nice ring to it. Daffa Day sounds good, so it has alliteration to it. Okay, uh, but of course, a little bit of um, a little bit of background. So we started with we are in Parakagozel. The interesting question by Agozel we already started discussing two days ago. I didn't think it was my best work because it's a it's a abstract concept to, to explain the ironic thing that would be good for the world if a if a if a thief had Kinyane Gazela. What do I mean? As follows, Barry ha- famously has an item um, that gets stolen. If that item is still attributed to Barry, so then a Gazan could just give it right back to him in the state that it is, right? Whereas, but what happens if somebody steals an item from Barry, steals, a, let's say, a cow from Barry, and the cow gets badly injured? And then you read, so, so now, what are you going to do? Barry, last he heard, had a beautiful, healthy cow. Now, some guy steals it. Three days later, he shows up with a mutilated, almost worthless cow. So, Barry doesn't, isn't going to be compensated for that. So, that's the irony. The irony is that if somebody, let's say, borrowed, this isn't like uh, Avis or Hertz, where if you borrow a car and you smash it up, you have to pay for it. Because we know that when it comes to Socher, that if a person is renting something and something happens to it, the onus, right? Like it didn't, it happened, it was an act of God, right? It happened inadvertently. The cow fell into like some sort of weird ditch that was unexpected. So you don't have to pay for that. You don't pay for onus. So if he would be like a Socher, this will come up in today's daf. So then, so then that, the fact is the Barry would have to lose out the money. That's like the cost of doing business. So the fact that we say that it's not considered Barry's anymore, this Kinyane Gezela, right? What that means is the thief now owns it and also has responsibility for it, such that if anything were to happen to it, for, in, if it's in the possession of a goslin, the goslin's responsibility to reimburse Barry. So that's a good thing for Barry to have the Kinyane Gezela. In fact, that's what our Mishnah had said in the first Mishnah of, of a Gezel. It says, Zaklal, kol ha-gazlanim, Right? That anytime somebody steals and then something happens to it, and that was the whole topic that we started at Paraquist, and you pay back, right, according to what the value was when it, they stole it from Barry. That's a good thing, right? That means that the goslin absorbs whatever, let's say, depreciation there was. Okay. Now, again, if you say that there was never a Kenyan, right, a gazela, then you would, re- then you would only have the expectation of the goslin returning it as is. That's what we call. Hare shelcha lefanecha. Okay, now, so yesterday on Sari Vavam and Beis, um, two thirds of the way down, the Mishnah continues that topic, right? Of what happened when an item is stolen and, and then, and then it gets damaged, right? So the question is like this, right? What would be if it was a natural shinui, right? Not a real damage. It doesn't get like mauled, but, you know, rotted fruit, something like that, right? So, the answer is, our Mishnah discusses on Sa'ivav and Be'ez, that too, right? As soon as it changes, even if it's a natural shinui, uh, and an aging, uh, uh, right, uh, an aging coin, a rotted fruit, some, some other things that, uh, 
that, that wine, that ferments, right? All those things would be Mishalim Keshasa Gzela. So again, somebody steals fruit from Barry, the fruit rots, you have to pay Barry, right, the, the Shasa Gzela, what the fruit was worth when he stole it. However, says our Mishnah, that if the damage is not visible, that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah, so, for example, fruit became tummy, but visibly you don't see any difference, but it loses a lot of value once it's tummy, right? Or a coin becomes devalued, which is going to discuss at great length today on Ahmed Bey's, right? Then the Kenyan was not made by the gazelle. You say, Harashel Chalafanecha. So that's a big chiddush of our Mishnah. That if uh, the, the damage that's done is completely not visible, right? So then perhaps there would be no Kenyan, which is uh, quite a chiddush. Why no Kenyan? Because Barry... We do know that uh, Goslin has to return the item in the state that he had it. So, so long as it's in the exact physical state that he had it, he just returns it as is. Harashel Chalfanecha, right? The, what enables us to give the Goslin his Kinyan Gzela is once it changed. So, if it changed, so then you can't return it in the state that it was exactly. And therefore, what do you do? So that's where you say that it's kishas akzela. That's where you say you have to return back the value. But so long as that it's in the same, same exact state, you're going to lose out, right? Because the thing got devalued, right? But, or it became tame. That's a very, that you can really see that scenario, right? Somebody steals uh, fruit from Barry who's very careful about Tumantara. He doesn't care about Tumantara. He made a tame and then he just returns these tame fruit. Barry will certainly lose out. Now, Reb Meir in our Mishnah points out, and this is where we're going to get to uh, our daf, uh, the top of Tzai Zayin. We mentioned this before. Reb Meir has this famous shita. There's a discussion on Tzai Vavim Bays on the bottom. Is it Rameir? Is it Lerbanan switching the shitas around? But let's keep it straight, keep it uh, simple. The idea by Avadim. Avadim are always going to be an issue. Because Avadim, there's a raging controversy, Andrew, about whether they're like Karkar or like Metaltalin. In many various uh, iterations of that controversy throughout Shas, right? Are they like Karka or they're like Metaltalin? That, that's, so what, what's the difference? Because Karka, we know, ain't unigzelas. Right, so Rameir holds that Avadim are always Shalchalafanecha. Perhaps, we discussed why already two days ago, perhaps because they hold like Avadim are like Karka. If Karka isn't Nigzelas, that means that a Gaza never has a Kenyan on it. That means that the Karka always, so let's say, no matter who takes Barry's field, if the Evid is like a field, no matter who takes Barry's field, that field is always considered Barry's, no matter what happens to the field. You just return it in the state that it was. So if Avadim are like Karka, it would indeed be in that way also that if somebody took Barry's Evid, then no matter what happened to the Evid, you'd, you would not be reimbursing Barry for that difference. That's a whole sugi in itself. So where we left off, Rav made the statement, like Rameir, that Bavadim we say, and this is right, the, the statement Rameir says in our Mishnah, Bavadim Omer Haresh Al-Khalafanecha. This is a unique thing to Avadim that, that you're going to say Haresh Al-Khalafanecha. So now we start analyzing Rav. On Tzayik Zayin Amud Aleph, as follows: Says the Gemara, Now you understand what that question means. Does Rav hold that Avadim are like exactly like Karka, and which which would account for the fact that you say Harei Shalcha Lefanecha? Right? Says the Gemara, Rav Daniel Bar Rav Katina Amar Rav. Let me read that again. Amar Rav Daniel Bar Rav Katina Amar Rav. Okay, Rav Daniel doesn't come up very often. He said the name of Rav the following. Let's get Barry and Andrew involved. Andrew's feeling left out. Andrew takes Barry's Evid and starts working him. Okay. 
So does he? Ha- he's putter. It says putter from what? First Rashi and Sayyidim and Alpha Mila Shalom the Bala of Scharo. He's putter from reimbursing Barry for work that the Eved did. So let's say whatever the Eved is a cleaning type of Eved, getting twenty dollars an hour, which is not bad for Baltimore. Andrew takes him to clean his garage for four hours. Does he have to now? The Eved doesn't get paid, right? Because the Eved is an Eved. So does he owe Barry? $80 for the four hours of cleaning work? The answer is no. He doesn't have to pay him anything. Doesn't have to pay him anything. Yeah, just like Barry doesn't pay for, doesn't pay the Evid, Andrew doesn't have to pay the Evid. Okay, well, why does Andrew not have to pay the Evid? So, so if you hold that Evid is like Karka, and therefore the whole thing belongs to Barry all, the entire time, then even while Barry's Evid is cleaning out Andrew's garage, he belongs to Barry, and rightfully, Andrew should have to pay Barry. He's using Barry's thing, right, in order to clean his garage. So isn't that like renting Barry's thing and then paying for that rental? He's Bishur Sodomari Kai. So this statement that Rav says that Andrew's putter makes it sound like when Andrew takes it, right, it's almost as if he owns the Evid. Okay. Andrew's like stealing it. It sounds like a tokef shel So he's seizing him. So it sounds like Andrew's stealing Barry's Evid. So long as Barry's Evid is working with Andrew, it's as if it belongs to Andrew. And therefore, that is why Andrew doesn't have to pay because it's like using an Evid that you don't pay. And then, okay, so whether he turns it to Barry, doesn't return to Barry, he doesn't have to pay Barry for those four hours that he cleaned out his garage. So the Gemara, you have to really see this. So, so again, it's a, it's a, um, right, it's, it's Rav contradicting himself in a sense because Rav holds that they're like Karka. And so why does Rav also Paskin and Andrew doesn't have to pay for the cleaning? So Hachamai Eskinan, the Gemara is answering, it's a very different case than what you thought. It said it, Shalom B'Shas Malacha. Andrew stole Barry's Evid, fine, but he stole him on the weekend. Okay, so because he stole him on the weekend, then despite the fact that it still belongs to Barry, Barry wasn't using it anyway. So on the weekends, right, when the, when the Evid is not working, uh, it's not really something that Andrew is losing. As we'll see, Rashi says, Shalom B'Shas Malacha, the second Rashi inside Zion Rav, right? It's a time, There's nothing... Right, Barry keeps him around, but he doesn't always have something for him to do. The famous concept of means Andrew's enjoying it. Barry's not losing anything. There is nothing to reimburse Barry for because it's not a time that the Evid was working and the Evid doesn't have any of his own earning potential. So therefore, Andrew doesn't know anything. He took him during his off time. He was smart about it. Okay, Mind you, uh, I should point out, Vary Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, says that a lot of people will say Zena Nevezel Chaser, like uh, pirating uh, MP3s off the off the interweb, right? Things that are supposed to be for sale, but you figure out like some bootleg copies. You figure Zena Nevezel Chaser, these victimless crimes, right? Are they? If you were to go to Besdin, you would not have to pay for it. Says Rabbi Leibowitz, people should point out that's not a reason why you could do it. It's true you wouldn't be chayv to pay, but you're still a goslin. 
Right? It doesn't change your status of a goslin. Right? You're a goslin that, that's not high of money. Uh, it's still it's still us to do. So people shouldn't think that just because the psak is that Andrew doesn't have to pay uh, uh, right Barry that that's mutter. Anyways, so he's taking him shalob b'sas melacha. So he's potter from paying. Says the Gemara, ki had the shalach Rabbi Abel and Barmar. We're going to explore this concept of zenenel of zochasim. We have two kind of parallel examples of it. One is an eved that's on his off day. The other one is an empty apartment. Right? Whose apartment do you want to use? Whose empty apartment you should have? Are we going Walaski? What are, what are we doing? I think they're there. They're there now. Oh, that's a bad example. You're ruining it, Andrew. Just, so unless you think of someone else, I'm going to use Walaski. The Goldbergs from the Five Towns. The Goldbergs from Five Towns. Here we go. Or the Rabinowitz from the Five Towns. Um, Goldberg or Rabinowitz. Let's go Rabinowitz. Okay. 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 So Rabinowitz's apartment right now is empty. Okay? So they asked Ravuna. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to Yushalayim. I'm going to stay in the Rabinowitz's apartment. Rabinowitz has no clue who I am. I'm staying there. I have to pay Rabinowitz. Or ain't Tzarechlal Do I, do I not have to? So this is the sugya of Zainan of Zalachatzer. As we've pointed out in the sugya over there, Rashi already points it out. This is a sugya that we learned already in Daf Chafalaf, that this is only when the Rabinowitzes don't use it in Airbnb. They don't need the headache, Right. They're not renting it out. If they did rent it out, I would have to pay them because people would see me coming in and out of the apartment and they would assume that it's not available and maybe they would lose money. So let's assume they never rent it out, right? They either use it or they leave it empty. I don't know these rabbinos. Oh, so because of the fact, right, that we held that I don't have to pay the rabbinos. So since I don't have to pay the rabbinos for their empty apartment, for using it without their knowledge, because then, I am certainly getting a beautiful benefit. It's a beautiful apartment right by the hotel. Vizelo chaser. And Rabinowitzes don't know the difference. So we say, because of the fact that I don't have to pay for that, that's the same thing as Andrew not having to pay, right, Barry for using his evidence on the weekend. Says the Gemara, Achi is that really a comparison? Bishlam Ahasam. I can understand in the case of the Rabinowitzes' apartment, Bailaman, Dharma, Basim, Yasva, Yosef, Nichale, whether you hold that it's a practical thing that the Rabinowitzes actually love it because it's very unseasonably cold in Israel. I heard that they had for the first time. In 30 years, like 10 or more consecutive days of rain. So it's good. In case there's any leak or anything like that, it's practical to have somebody house sit. So that's to their benefit, and therefore they are getting a benefit. Or Bain Lamandam or Ushia Yukas Shar Nichale, right? The Pasuk and Isaiah that refers to demons and Shadim that are hanging out in empty places, right? So whether you're going to go pragmatic or you're going to go mystical on me, either way, it's good to have your house sat, and therefore that is to their benefit that I go to their business apartment. I'm doing them a favor, and therefore it's for that reason that I don't have to owe them money. But in the case of Barry's Evan, is it really a good thing? That Andrew is going to nichush is going to weaken his slave by working him to the bone on the weekend, right? He's going to come back to Barry exhausted. He's going to need to take a nap when Barry needs him. And therefore, what's the comparison? An empty apartment, it, you want somebody there. And Evan on his weekend, you want him to be able to rest. Says the Gemara, Amri hachanami nichalei delo avde. No, it's, it's good to make the Evan work a little bit on the weekend. This way the slave doesn't become accustomed to the fat, lazy life. And keep him a little active, right? So when he comes back to Barry, he'll be on the ball. Okay? So it's sem- similar to being in their apartment. Fine. We have the... So now we're going to get personal about cases of Avodim. Is it good or is it not good to use them on the weekend as follows? Be Rav Yosef Bar Chama. 
Yosef Barachama is famous for something you're about to see. Uh, famous son. They had a wild custom. They used to, if people owed them money, people who owed them money, they used to take their avadim and use them for malacha. So Amr Alei, not Rabba, but Rava. Amr Alei Rava Berei, there it is. That's how he's famous. Yosef Barachama's Rava's father. Can you imagine being Rava's father? I, I looked this up in Babasra. You guys know that I'm obsessed with Rava and Rami Barchama? And I always said, those two guys are the, are the two sort of sharpest guys. And uh, if, if anyone is, can hold a candle to Rava, it's Rami Barchama who seems to uh, outdo him. So I started looking this up, the family tree, when I saw this Gemara. So sure enough, they were the two best guys in Rav Chistah Shir. I didn't know that. Did you know that? We're going to see this in Babasra. They were the two best guys in Rav Chistah Shir. So much so that when Rechista's daughter came time to get married, Rechista said, thank God I had only daughters and no sons because I could have never had sons like this. Now I get to have these as a son-in-law. But he had, she had to choose between the two. Do you know who she chose, Andrew? She chose Rami Barchama, just barely. And they were married, and then when Rami Barchama died, she married Rava. So this is a Gemara and Baba Basra we have to look forward to. Uh, anyways, so they were very sharp, and they were known for their svaras. This may be why he resonates with us. Rav Sheshis, in contrast, used to quote Psukim all the time. Rava was known, and, and Rami Barchama especially, always out, out of Svara. So much so that Yehuda ben Becerra was in, uh, was in one of their shir. He couldn't handle it. He switched to Rav because he liked the more like yeshivish shir. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyway, Rava is telling his father, Rav Yosef Barchama, I don't think it's in relation to Rami Barchama. I couldn't figure, find it. My time of Mar Hachi. Why are you doing this? Why are you seizing these avadim? Why are you seizing these avadim? What is your justification? What do you mean? Amar lay. So his father says to him, Amar Nachman, Avdan Ham Shavi. That he's doing a favor, right? Because Rav Nachman made a statement, it was an interesting statement, that an evid isn't worth what you pay him to, or what you feed him. He's not worth the amount that he's feeding. It's almost like he's doing them a favor because by taking the Ebed, you're not only putting him to work, you're also feeding him and doing all that. And Rav Nachman used to say of his Avadim that they're not even worth the, the food that, that he's feeding them. So it's not, they're not really losing anything. So the justification is by taking care of the Ebed, like you're also doing Barry a favor. Barry's Avadim are like more expensive than they're worth. Avadis in those days is something that some people, you know, it was an upgrade from what they were doing otherwise because you get to room and board. Okay, so Amalei, so Rav says to the father, yeah, Ema Dabra Rav Nachman, Kagon Daru Avde, yeah, Rav Nachman said it, because Daru, his Evid, was a famous degenerate, the Merakid Beikube, they used to go clubbing in the taverns, and was like, like a loose cannon, late uh, degenerate, so of course he was a worthless guy, Kulo Avde, Mavid Avde, but other slaves also, you're going to say? So that's a funny thing, right? Rav Nachman says that the slaves are worth nothing. Rav Nachman happened to be in a very serious uh, gadol, but his, his evid was quite the opposite. He was a degenerate clubbing uh, guy. Rashi even says he was a late and all this. Okay, so he wasn't worth anything, but other avadim are worth. So you can't just go to everybody and take their evid. So Amar so his father said, Rav's father, Rav Yosef Bukhama said to him, Anakar of Daniel, severely. I hold like the aforementioned of Daniel. Then Rav Daniel, Bar of Katina, Marav, Hatoki, Pavish, Chavir, Vasa, Malacha, Pater. Right, because he had previously said that the reason why you're potter for taking someone else's eved is because the slave will not be habituated to 
hanging around and doing nothing, keep his blood flowing. So I'm doing them a favor by like keeping their slaves sharp. I'm taking them during the weekends. Now the issue is, this is a fascinating thing. They're doing it to who? Rabbi, right? Rabbi Yosef, he's doing it to who? He's doing, Rabbi Yosef Rahama is doing it to people who owe him money. Wait a minute, says Rava, I'm a lay. Rava's saying, wait a minute. Yes, okay, so if you're taking slaves of your friends and trying to keep them sharp and doing them a favor, nothing wrong with that. But these are people that owe you money. Mar, he's saying to his father, dad, or sir, Barry, the way the world usually works is like one hand washes the other, right? If I did you a favor and I lend you money, I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying that I'm entitled to use your apartment in Florida, but like, you know, I lent you money, we have a relationship, you know, I know it has nothing to do with paying me back. Of course you're gonna pay me back, but like, can I stay in your apartment? Like, you feel bad saying no, you know what I mean? Because like, I did you a favor, you did me a favor, you know what they call that? That's ribis. That's literally an Isidore rice. You're not allowed to do that. Not only that, so it'd be one thing, if, if you said, forget it, I'll give it to you rent free, that's really ribis. But even if I paid you for the rent, it's, it's not, it, it's not, um, the whatchamacallit, avak ribis, which is ribis durabanan, which you're gonna have to pay for. It's not something I have to pay for, but it's called mechzik ribis. Like, in other words, we are so sensitive, this is counterintuitive, we're so sensitive to, uh, tit for tat, like, I get you a job, you do me a favor, I do you a favor, you do me a favor. We're so sensitive to that, we don't allow it. It's, me- it's mechzi karibis. We don't even want any shemets. Such that, like this, Barry. I lent you money. Now that I lent you money, you're the one guy I can't get a favor from. Just because of the, how it looks. Which is to say, if I was to use your apartment in Florida, I, I could do it, but I would dafka pay rent, right, for your apartment in Florida. Just to get rid of any chashash that the reason why I got that apartment is because I lent you the money. You understand? So it's in this week's parsha. It's in this week's parsha. Andrew points out. Okay. Like a snake bite. It's like a snake bite. The ribis. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Dafyomi coincidence. Yeah. Haven't had one of those in a while. We have it every day. Just haven't brought it up in a while. Okay. The Amar Rabbi Yosef Bar Manyumi Amar of Nachman Afapisha Amru Hadar B'Chatzah Chaver Shalom Edaito Ain Tzarech Lalaluschar. Right. This is the idea of Mechzav Ribis. So, so Rav Nachman said like this. Nachman himself said that even though they said that if I am in Rabinowitz's place without his knowledge, I don't have to pay him. So literally in that case, right, the parallel case of using Rabinowitz's apartment. If I let Rabinowitz money for whatever reason, now I can't go to his apartment. In that case, I would have to pay him, even though he didn't really know, right, that I was staying in his apartment. I would have to pay him. Because I of the concept of right mechzi karibis, so it's dafka right. So again, I could use Rabinowitz's apartment, and it's good for him. Even though it's his empty apartment, he likes having people in there. I don't have, to, but if I lend him money, I have to pay him rent. That's unbelievable. Amalei Hadri B. Rabbi conceded to his son, his famous son Rava, and took back his practice that he had been habituated to, and no longer borrowed other people's, so to speak, avadim. On the weekends, because of this Mechzi Karibis issue. Amazing. Okay, five lines up from the wide, five, two dots. Okay, so Andrew takes Barry's yacht for a joyride and starts like giving people tours of the Baltimore Harbor. 
Amarav, Ratzaschar, Noitel, Ratzaschar, Noitel. Machlokas Rav Shmuel here. Okay. Andrew comes back. You should have seen the, the look on it. Actually, you did see the look. Andrew comes back with a face, a grin of satisfaction. He just went on this great joyride. He took Barry's boat. Barry had no idea. He knows all the codes to get in and to start the boat because he's Barry's buddy. And he comes back and he's crestfallen. Barry's waiting for him at the dock. Now, Barry can make him pay. This is what we were talking about before. Barry can make him pay for the rental of the boat. Okay. Or he can make him pay like a, like a plus for the depreciation of the boat. Bar- Why would Barry have that choice? Because <clears throat> as follows. Let's say, as we discussed before, we talk about a soche not being, not being high for onus. Let's say a big blue whale, right, made a big gash in the boat. So if Andrew had been renting it, okay, he wouldn't be higher for that. That's an act of God. That's something that's an onus. That's something that he's not higher for. So then Andrew's going to, so then Barry would rather consider Andrew a thief. Because even though a thief doesn't have to pay rent, a thief does have to pay for onus. So, so give me back, right, really, a real thief would say, give me back the whole, the whole value of the boat. The, the Mepharshim have to massage why in this particular case, maybe I'll get a chance to tell you, why in this particular case, you're only giving back the damage that was done for the boat if you choose for him to be a thief, right? Uh, but because, because it's not a real thief. Andrew wasn't planning on keeping the boat forever. He was just doing joy rides. So with respect to paying Nezek, he's like a thief, but with respect to paying for the whole thing, he's not like a thief. That's the answer. Anyway, the point is, Barry, if there's damage to the boat, would rather consider Andrew a thief and have Andrew pay the damage. If the boat comes back fully intact, he'd rather just pay him the rental amount. According to Rav, he has that option, okay, of either one. Shmuel says he has no choice. He has to treat Andrew like a ganav, right? And he's only going to take the depreciation. He can't charge him rent because it was never meant to be rented out. That was never the intention, and therefore you can't charge rent retroactively. Oh. Right? So again, Rav says he could charge the higher amount, and Shmuel says only the, only the depreciation, not the rent. So Amar of Papa, lo pligi hadavid lagra. Now, wait a minute. Now, this, this, this uh, issue of Rav, Rav would agree with Shmuel, right, that you can't charge rent, uh, that, that uh, right, only it's referring to when the boat is sometimes being rented. Hadavid lagra. Right, but Shmuel, so it says, Lo Pligi. Rav and Shmuel are just talking about two different cases, according to Rav Papa. The, according to, the, the case of Rav, we have a choice, is where this is a boat that sometimes is rented. And therefore, Barry has the option of either charging the right, depreciation, or the damage, as it were, or a rental amount. What's going on is Shmuel would, would agree with Rav, but for the fact that in the case where he says you can only right, charge the damage, is a case where it's Andrew's boat, is, he never rents out his yacht, right? It's called the Lini, and it's, uh, and, and, and it's never rented, it's called, it's called Chef Rami for after his grandson, and it's never rented out. And so since he's never rented out, the only thing you could ever pay is the damage. Or if you want to say, maybe both Rav and Shmuel are talking about a case where it is indeed sometimes rented out, but it all depends on what Andrew's right idea was when he went down. Did he go down with intent of like stealthily renting it from Barry and just didn't mention it? Or was he planning on stealing it? That would be, right, that would be the, the distinction there. Okay. 
So, this is what's called the Shalom, Shalom Das, by the way. And this is what I was referring to before, as we'll see in Bab Metziah. It's kind of like borrowing it without Barry's permission. And that, that has that unusual, right, uh, hybrid shita where he doesn't have to pay for the whole yacht if it got horribly damaged, as a real Goslin would, where he intends to actually keep it. But he does have to pay for the damage as opposed to the rental. Okay. So that's a fascinating case of Andrew stealing Barry's boat. Fine. So now we're at the two dots, second wide line, Guzzlemat Bevanist Buck. Let's go into uh, commodities and currency. Amar Vuna, Nistak Nistak Mamish. The Mishnah said the following thing. If the coin becomes physically damaged, then you pay the damages. If the coin becomes simply devalued in a way that you cannot tell, so then it's Haresh al Khalifanecha, right? Uh, so if it becomes Nistak Nistak Mamish, actually cracked, then that is something that. Right, again, Andrew's taking the stuff from Barry. That's where Andrew would have to pay him back. However, Nifsal, Nifsal where Andrew doesn't have to pay him back, it's also Malchus, right? The country decides they're not using that denomination anymore. It's useless. I'm old enough, believe it or not, guys, to remember when the lira became devalued. I was a kid in Israel at the time. And I remember the, the, the new shekels looking like Monopoly money. I was like, these are cool. Anyway, I didn't know much about inflation then. I still don't. Anyway, Rabbi Huda Omar Review is saying that no, that, it, that when a lira becomes like worthless, that's also considered a, uh, something that Andrew would have to pay back for. In other words, that's considered a visible um, damage. So now it's a question of what's a visible damage? If it's worthless, uh, let, let, me, let me explain back. If somebody were to look at a lira in like 1985, they know that that's a worthless thing. So it is visible that it's worthless, right? They heard the news. They know that this isn't worth anything anymore. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, that is visible damage, right? As opposed to, does it have to be like the actual coin got broken apart and became, did it, did it have to be physically damaged or did it have to be like uh, damaged in the sense that, it, that it's visible? That's, uh, I'll give you a contrast because the Gemara is going to give you a contrast. I'll say it outside first. When you're looking at Truma, that became Tameh, which is the case in our Mishnah, right? There'd be no, you can't send it to a lab. You, there's no, nothing in the news. There'd be no way ever of, the, of, the, of retracing whether this is Tameh or not, right? There's no way. But with a, with a coin, you look at the coin and you know that it's worthless now. So does that mean physically damaged or not? That's the issue here, okay? So if you hear this says it means physically damaged, right? And the Tanakham says not, okay? So what, if that's, not so. It's Rabbi Yehuda holds that a lira, which is clearly not valuable, is considered physically damaged. So, what is he considered puzzle? According to Rabbi Yehuda, what is called puzzle where it's not visibly damaged? So, according to Rabbi Huda, it's a case where it was, let's say, the lira when it was no longer in circulation in currency in Israel was still, let's say, valid in Turkey. Okay, so it's valid somewhere else. So it still has some value. It is there where Rabbi Yudah would say, that's where you say, HaResh HaChalfanecha. So he says, Rav Huna was a Tanakama, right? So Rav Chisla said to Rav Huna that according to you, that Nifsal means Psalosol Malchus, like the Lira devalued everywhere. Well, the rest of the mission is talking about rotted fruit and fermented wine. That we said is Harish al right? So, 
Paris Virkivu, the Chips Lasso Machus, dummy. Oh, no, no. Paris Virkivu, Yan Vechmitz, we said, is visible, right? Uh, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Paris Virkivu, Yan Vechmitz, you could tell, right? When wine becomes fermented and Paris become rotted, that's what we said was what? Mishalam Kishas Exela. That's where it's physically changed. So basically, if Chista is challenging Ravuna, he says the lira is no longer worth anything in Israel or anywhere. So why is that not physically changed? Like, Rotted Peros and Yanim Hechmitz. Why would Andrew not have to pay Barry for that? Says the Gemara. It's like, it should be like a Malchus changing the Lira, and you should have to pay Bishas Gzela. So Amar Leiser, Ravuna answers, Hasam Nishtana, time of Arecho, Hachalo Nishtana. Yeah. He says one is a physical change, right? A pre rots or a wine ferments. It looks different, it tastes different, it smells different, so it's totally physically different. Here, the, the, the coin, the Lira, looks identical. So that's why it's the same. Okay, so that's the, she, the kasha on Rav Huna, and Rav Huna answers it. Now we're going to have a kasha on Rav Huda. Rav Huda said that, again, only, it's only considered changed if it has, um, no, that if it has no more value, right, so then it is considered physically changed. The only way it's considered not physically totally changed is if it has value in some other country. So Amr Lai Rabba Lai Rav Huda had to be Rabba, not Rava, because Rava was too young to have ever Question of Yehuda. Right? So according to you, who says that Malchus is like Nisdok, right? That if the lira is worthless everywhere, it's almost as if a physical change is. Well, Hare Truma Benitmes, right? Truma Benitmes, where there's no way you'd be able to trace it back. That is similar, right? It's Truma. You look at it, it looks the same, but it's like definitely devalued, just like the lira. And yet we say, And yet when it comes to Truman, we say that it's not considered physically changed. We say, So again, we challenge Ravuna, and now we're challenging Rabbi Yehuda from the other direction. So Amr Leis, Rabbi answers, Yeah, so this is what we were saying before. That when it comes to Truman, there's no way. Hasam by Truman, you'd never be able to tell that the Hakar is different. Here, it's very visible. Like Rashi explains, the Lira is recognizable as a, as a car. Currency is no longer in circulation, right? Second to last ration, it's like Zayim and Alf. She'ain tzura zu doma l'tzura shall call a yotzim achshav. Right, everybody knows that the lira doesn't look like the shekel. You call it tzura samedina, shavas right? So now we know, right, that it's something that we look at. And now we know that it's, that it's not worth it. It's not worth anything. That everybody looking at the lira knows that it's worthless now. Looking at the truma, you can't tell anything. Okay. So, Rabbi Yehuda stated his case, Rabbi Huna stated his case. So, on a related matter, in the last line, it, Mahamalvet Chaver al Matbeah, Benifsal al Matbeah, right? Amalvet Chaver al Matbeah is an unusual case. It's a little bit like uh, settlers of Catan. Andrew needs wheat, and he's got a lot of ore, or as it were, he's got a lot of coin. Uh, so, Andrew says, so Barry says, you know what? A- Andrew says, I'll take Barry your wheat. Uh, I'd like some of your wheat, and my coin. I'm going to designate over here, and when you need it, you could take my coin, my 10 dinar, okay? All of a sudden, in the interim, the 10 dinar becomes worthless, like the country declares it worthless. So what are you going to say? So again, Malvez Chaver al-Matbeah, so Barry's lending him the wheat and fixes the payment that he's going to get back on a coin that Andrew has, Vnifsal al-Matbeah. Now the coin is Nifsal al-Sarav, Amar, as we turn to that Andrew has to pay the value of that 10 dinar to, to Barry. Unbelievable. This is clearly a case where that 10 dinar is still valuable in Turkey or Meshan, as it were. So he says, go use this currency. Take the 10 dinar. You can't use it here in Israel, but you go use it in Meshan. 
He doesn't have to give him the equivalent of the current currency. It seems reasonable that Shmuel, right, that who holds, Shmuel holds the goat to, to, he likes the idea of, of sending him to Meshan, that, that according to Rav Nachman, it only makes sense, right, um, if, if uh, Barry is going to Meshan anyway. If Barry is going to go visit Meshan anyway, so then it makes sense to give him the coin, to, to, to have to give him the coin. But Shmuel's Shita doesn't uh, um, make sense if Barry isn't going to Meshon. What is he going to do with this 10 dinar in, in Israel, let's say, or in Bavel? We're going to switch this to the U.S. and Israel in order to make it a little bit easier. So here's the following challenge. Okay, so Israel, Meister Shani, right? Remember, you could take all the stuff and be podet onto coins. Yeah, but it has to be coins that pass as currency. As Rashi says, uh, has to have a tsura, Kesef Tzura, Karinan Bay. Okay. Ketzad, fascinating historical idea. Hayulomaos Kuzbios. Ooh, Rashi, Kuzbios, last white line. Matbeasha ben Kuziva, Bar Kochva coin. Unbelievable, minted by Kochva's time. Yerushalmius, Oshomalachim Arishainim, Ein Mechalin. What's talking about? Yeah, Bar-Kochva Rebellion at the time that it was written was over. Yeah, once that rebellion was over, those coins were worthless. Unbelievable. So you have these mos that were from Bar-Kochva, no longer value anymore. You can't, in Mechalin, you can't use that for the Maishashayni. Hashel Achronim, Dumya Derishonim. Mechalin. You could say, but wait a minute. But coins of later kings, right? They pass as currency elsewhere. But they're similar to coins of earlier kin, kings, because they don't, in the sense that they don't pass the currency where they are currently. Nechalan, can you use it? Implies that it is a currency, as long as it's usable somewhere. That's what that seems to imply. So Amalei, Rav Nachman says to Rava, That's only in the case where one country isn't Makhbit another, which is to say, there were countries where you'd get um, stopped at customs and jailed if you tried to smuggle currencies back and forth. They kept their currencies totally in their location, okay? You're not allowed to, to bring dollars to Israel, not allowed to bring shkalim to, to America, that whole thing. Or, so, so what's going on? So if that's the case, if they're makbid, so then the fact that you can use it elsewhere doesn't help you, right? So, so it means that when Shmuel, as Rav Nachman explains, how do you repay a loan with a disqualified currency that's valid elsewhere if you're traveling already to that country? But that's, how are you going to do? Hechi But if you're going to say that it's a case where they're makbid and they're not going to let you pass currency across borders, what good is it that Barry's going to Meshon? How is he going to bring the money there? Right? It's going to be confiscated at customs. So then it doesn't help him that he, he's going there. It's talking about where it's difficult, it's true, Barry's going to have to smuggle it in there, right? But once he gets there, they're not really looking, right? He keeps it in his pocket. It's an unbelievable idea. They're not, at customs, they're not searching everyone, right? So once Barry gets to this location with the proper dinar, it's going to be very useful for him. In other words, once he makes it, <laughs> once he's made it through customs and he's in Israel, he's going to be able to use that money freely because that's the currency of that place. The only thing is he's bringing it from, 
right, a foreign place. So if he gets caught at customs, he's going to get nailed. But if he doesn't get caught at customs, he's golden, right? He could use the money. So that's a weird case, right? In other words, if Barry was going to be caught, they would, in fact, be makpid. But he's hoping on not getting caught. He knows where to, where to keep it, okay? So now we're going to challenge again. Shmuel had this idea that it's valuable as long as it's valuable somewhere else. But we have a b'risa, right? The b'risa says that, again, with respect to Meiser Shani, so let's use, let's use shkalim and dollars, right? So let's say you're in America. We'll call it Babel America, right? So you can't take shkalim, maus shalkan, means shkalim. So you can't take Eretz Yisrael coins in, in Baltimore and deconsecrate them, right, in Baltimore. The shall babavan kan, nor can, can't you take the, right, the dollars again, in Eretz Yisrael. So you can't, again, you can't decon, you have to deconsecrate on Shkolim in Eretz Yisrael, it sounds like. You can't do it on Shkolim in Baltimore, nor can you do it on dollars in Eretz Yisrael, right? You're not supposed to be able to use the improper denomination for the uh, deconsecration of those Meiser Shani coins. However, but you could deconsecrate dollars in America. That you could do. Okay, let's talk about this. Ketani Mihas, how's this challenge to Shmuel? Ein machalan amos, shalkan vehein bebavel. What's going on? You can't deconsecrate on shkalim in, in America. Why? Alpha gav de sofa lemesa kasam. You already have your tickets booked to go to Eretz Yisrael for Yantiv, right? And still we say that even though you're already going, this is a challenge to Shmuel, even though you're already, you're going to go to Israel and you have, right, you have shkalim from your previous trip. And you're going to Eretz Yisrael. So, so for the Mesa custom, you're going to be in Eretz Yisrael. So why can't you deconsecrate on those Shkalim? Must be talking about a case where they're going to take away your Shkalim at, at customs. So if they're going to take it away, you can't deconsecrate onto them, right? Because they're only, they're not allowing you to bring Shkalim from outside. Oh. So then why are you allowed to deconsecrate on dollars in Bavel? In, right? Why are you allowed to deconsecrate on they're going to take away your dollar, dollars as well once you get into Eretz Yisrael. Now you can still use the dollars because you'll buy with them an animal here in Bavel and take the animal to Yerushalayim. So because the dollars are valuable in America, in order to buy something by Wasserman and Lumbergers, so to speak, an animal, in order to, to bring it, those dollars are still in play, and it is for that reason that you'd like to do the Meister Shani on there. So the Gemara of Hatanya, but we learned it brightly, they made a Takana that all coins are going to pass in Yerushalayim because of this very reason, right? In other words, in order, it's a, it's a, we have what? Bezrat Hashem will be zaycheh to the rebuilding of the Mesa Mikdash and Kibbutz Galias and Aliyah Regal all the time. And if that's the case, so then they're going to make Yerushalayim an international city where all currencies are accepted. So if that's the case, why can't you do it on dollars? Right? In Eretz Yisrael. All denominations are going to be accepted. Says the Gemara, Yeah. That's all dependent on whether the Israelis where the Jews have, what, sovereign state in Israel and they have control over these things, right? If you're under the Ottoman Empire, they're not gonna, they don't care about Alila Regal or any of this Meiser Shani stuff. So they're gonna just use the Ottoman 
uh, currency. They're not going to allow any of these other currencies. But if it were today, yeah, we'd be able to use all of those different denominations. Okay. So now 10 lines up, let's talk about coinage. This is an unbelievable thing. What is considered the coinage of Yerushalayim? What a beautiful coin. Their likeness is on one side. Can you imagine? This would be great. The city of Yerushalayim, Shel Zahav on the other side. Ah. What did the coin of Avarvinu look like? Zokin is Kenyan Sarechad, as actually explains. This is the the OG Avram and Sarah on one side, and the younger Yitzchak and Rivka on the other side. These are beautiful coins. What is going on? I mean, just describing the coins. Okay. The um Tosfos, the last Tosfos on Zion Abad Bez says, Chas Vishalom, actual engraved images, look at Ovodazara. Look at Masechah's Ovodazara, this looks like uh, it's Ovodazara. So Tosfos says, Chas Vishalom. It just says literally the words, Zokin Eskena, on the other side, it says, Bach Ovodazula. It says, David Shlomo, just the words. It says, Yerushalayim, on the other side. Oh, be that as it may. Okay, can you have it engraved or not? So look, six lines up from the what? Bottom of Tzadik Zion Abad Bez, I didn't even know that this stuff had that. Okay, let's see. So now Rava wants to ask his Revi, Rav Chista. Remember, Rava and Rami Barchama were the two sharpest guys in the Shir. So he asks him the following question. So Barry lends money to Andrew and he fixes, right, payment on a specific coin. And now that coin became much more valuable. What's the halacha? In other words, does Andrew have to pay him that that new, that new amount. Okay, so Amar Lo, so Rav Chisa answered him like this. Yeah, give him the currency of that time. In other words, repay the loan with whatever the value is now. So Amar Lo, Rav said, if, that, Is that true even when the new coin is as large as a hubcap or a sieve? Meaning, it, the, no adjustment's going to be made even, even if, right, everything's changed, right? You lend them a coin, and now the coin is like really, really va- uh, overvalued or devalued. You're not going to change? So Amr in. Yeah, it doesn't change. Amr Lai, he said to him, I feel like tartia, as big as a tortilla, like a giant. So Amr in. Yes, a tartilla doesn't really mean a tortilla, but you get the idea. A very large thing, six eggs. So he says it doesn't change. Says the Gemara, Peri, as Rashi explains, the last Rashi on Tzadik Zayin Amad Bez. Last word in Rashi and Sadiq Zayin In other words, if it is indeed that something changed dramatically in the value of the aforementioned coin that Barry lent Andrew, so then the, the coin that Andrew is holding in his hand has changed in value so much that it's ribis. So how can you make him pay anything other than the actual value? Amar Vashi Chazinan. We look at the situation. If it's indeed right cheaper because the greater silver content, then we'll reduce the payment indeed. However, as we arrive at but if it's because of the fact that the produce is cheaper because the market price that, uh, has changed, then then we do not reduce the payment. In other words, right? What's what machmastara? 
the first Rashi had said Chasam Adalf Shabog Shamim Venimtu Rov Tvuos Ba'olam Vehuzla Peres. In other words, it, the the rains were so plentiful uh, in Yerni Diyamat. I feel like coincidences. They are now in Eretz Yisrael. Hopefully, there's going to be so much abundant right produce that all the right all the produce becomes much much cheaper. So it all depends. Like if the buying power of the coin changed because of the coin currency and the silver changed, so that's a different thing. That that changed. So then the thing that you borrowed actually changed. So then you'd have to modulate accordingly. But if the buying power of the silver, of the coin changed with, uh, because of something having nothing to do with the, with the actual coin, but because of the fluctuation of the market of the produce, so then we're going to say that, of course, the, the coin didn't change and you just returned back the coin that you gave. That seems very logical. So, well, if it's more valuable, what about Nazca? Then you can make out of it. Nazca is, uh, if, what, what would happen if you actually Right, ground down the coin. So we're going to discuss whether that would be ribbus or not. Bezat Hashem, when we resume on top of Tzadik Ches, Amara Aleph tomorrow.